The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to Purse Strings. I am Maria Retan, and it's so great to be with you today, and I'm so glad you can make the time to join me. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday right here, 3 o'clock Eastern. You'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country, the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, we're going to be talking design today, design, and um, I often talk about Iconoculture. They're a trend-spotting organization, and they just did a deep dive into why women buy. And what they are saying is that design rules. It's easy to see, um, and it really does um, really make someone pick up and purchase a product. Shapes and colors and textures can really, according to Iconoculture, induce women to linger and check out your product. And and now, more than ever, we want to make sure that our dollars are well spent. So there really has been this focus on efficacy to make sure that the product really works. And because of that, a lot of times, good looks get left behind, according to Iconoculture. And don't let that happen, because Iconoculture is saying that great design truly can mean all the difference in the world. Now, one of the things that has been a hot trend lately, and I know Walmart's on this, is um, sustainability and the wastefulness of packaging. So when we talk about designed packaging, right now there's a lot of solutions out there uh, trying to keep uh, things out of landfills. And so, um, again, just like with efficacy, as you look at packaging and trying to curb too much packaging, you, you want to be conscious of not leaving design behind because design, again, makes all the difference. Um, according to Chris Mangula, who's a brand team leader with Damon Worldwide Design Package Design Group, um, he's saying that the package really makes the first impression on the shopper and starts to advance the brand promise and, and, and really make that emotional link. So, again, the importance of that. Now, Avon certainly knows that. Um, Avon, long time beauty products door-to-door. Remember the Avon door-to-door salesperson? Well, they had actually called on a fashion and home textile designer to, to really make um, up the ante a little bit on their cosmetics. Um, Marmiko, Marmiko, I hope I'm saying that right, um, is the one that really has taken over their packaging and taking a look at their blush, their eyeshadow, their mascara. And there's these signature flowers that are made from the blush and eyeshadow um, that really have kind of changed the face of Avon's beauty line. So 
pretty interesting there that even Avon, who's been around all this time, has noticed um, a little bit about packaging. Um, now, office supplies. I never thought that office supplies could be sexy or fashion-focused, but apparently Office Max thinks they can, and they are going to be forming a new collection of fashion-influenced office supply products. According to MarketWatch.com, the retailer is launching the line at the beginning of the new year in about a 1,000 of its stores, and there'll be like binders, notepads, and folders, and it will imitate fashion design trends like henna patterns and animal images. So even Office Max has jumped on the bandwagon. So we're going to be talking uh, to a designer in just a little bit about the importance of design and really the complex approach to getting a good design, a design that makes all the difference in the world for the consumer. Well, our first profile today is the Kate Spade shopper. We're talking about a woman who likes to shop a lot. And again, design would be really important to this woman. She's about 35 years old, has about three kids in the house, um, attended college, employed part-time, and makes about Oh, hundred and well, about sixty thousand a year. Check that, sixty thousand a year. And of course, this woman is very fashion aware. She likes to keep up with the latest fashions. She likes to be unique, very optimistic about life, and enjoys novelty and change. And of course, this mom, because she does have three kids in the house, really loves to enjoy indulge those kids with things that maybe she didn't have when she was younger. When she's shopping, she's at Macy's, Haverty's, Kohl's, Nordstrom, Pier 1, the Limited, Crate and Barrel. She's driving Volkswagens, Toyotas, Chevys, and Saturns. And she's buying household products like Tylex and Tide and Mr. Clean. When it comes to cosmetics, uh, no, Avon's not on there, but Elizabeth Arden, Mary Kay, Neutrogena, Max Factor, and Almay sure is. And then designers, Kate Spade, Ann Taylor, Calvin Klein, and Liz Claiborne. Now, where are you going to find this woman? Well, she's reading a lot of magazines, parenting and style, Cosmo people, good housekeeping and glamour are tops with her. She's watching cable like E, Bravo, Oxygen, HBO, and HGTV. And she's online at MySpace, Blockbuster, iVillage, Amazon, eBay, and Disney. Well, my guest for this program knows all about great design, Orly too. Founder of Studio Two will be on the show today. Now, Studio Two is a multidisciplinary global shop focusing on a multitude of solutions for clients like branding, strategy, design, customer, and cultural insights. Now, Orly comes from Nike, where she focused on the technology and design for the company's accessories for women, and today she works with clients such as Dell, Intel, Boeing, and Hewlett-Packard among them. Her award-winning work has been featured in notable publications such as Runner's World and Golf Magazine. So stick around. More purse strings when we return with Orly 2. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Purse strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know they're SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. 
So you're telling me your affiliate program on the local Pages Affiliate Network is performing as well as your handicap? Absolutely. Thanks to their top-tier XML feed, I'm able to monetize all of my traffic. They handle all of my volume to anywhere in the world. Plus, I also get high cost per click and the most exclusive of advertisers to work with. You should join the club. Sounds good. I can't wait to join. But first, let's work on that tee shot. Use the power of local pages with over 5 billion searches per month and the largest database of paid search listings. Let Local Pages Affiliate Network personalize your account and give you the search tools and solutions you need. Become a Local Pages Affiliate today with localpages.com. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as passion.com and fastcupid.com represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at friendfinder.com. Fired up with Gordon Rudo. Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Welcome back to First Strings. Joining me today is Orly Tu, founder of Studio Two, a multidisciplinary global shop that focuses on a multitude of solutions for clients, such as branding, strategy, design, consumer, and cultural insights. Welcome to the program today. Thank you. So great to have you on. You know, we had a wonderful chat not too terribly long ago where you were telling me all these great things about Studio Two, but everybody else out there has not heard about it. So could you start off with explaining a little bit about your business and the creative work that you offer? Certainly. Um, Studio Two is about designing strategic, empathic, and innovative product experiences. So what we do is we help companies create the physical touch points for their brands, from the product branding strategy to product design, industrial design, or to unique and differentiated packaging. So we create the tangible, the physical, experiential um, part, and often the most lasting part of how a consumer engages with a brand and the the thing that can live on for years. Um, So that's what we do. Um, What we do is we start from from the client's brand and we move forward to decide how to best differentiate its offering, and then we create that physical expression of its message, focusing on innovation, functionality, and um, connecting with the consumer emotionally. Well, and clearly you make it sound so easy, but I know it's very, very complex work that you do. And before we get into those complexity, I know that uh, you just recently opened um, Studio 2, but before that you worked for Nike on the technology and with accessories. Can you talk a little bit about some of the designs you influenced during your time there at Nike? Absolutely. Um, At Nike, I worked on a lot of different programs, all in the technology accessories area. So I worked from things like heart rate monitors to timing products to sport audio products such as MP3s and CD players and also on technical um, eyewear. And the work there was all about enhancing the athlete's performance through sport-focused technology and design. And it was a particularly dynamic area, actually, as it was a wide-open playing field, 
and we really were able to um, think broadly and create some really groundbreaking visions of where Nike could go as a brand um, in this space because it was a new space for Nike. Um, in my last role, um, I was there for a number of years, um, but in my last role, I was responsible for the global design direction for women's timing, technology, and vision product. So in this, um, I was tasked with creating a new vision for women's sport accessories, speaking specifically to women and designing um, from the core with a women's perspective in mind, so with women's needs in mind. And this was very, this was actually very different from how things were done in the previously for women, um, and to be fair, both at Nike and maybe at a lot of other companies as well, but so much of women's product was created simply by taking a man's product and sizing it down and coloring it pink and what we called the whole the, the shrink it and pink it syndrome, which I'm sure you're probably familiar with. Oh, um, yes. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's not unfamiliar, but... Um, so, you know, while sometimes that can be appropriate, in the case of watches and eyewear, it just isn't that simple. So I, so in some of the collections I was responsible for were actually a number of firsts for the company. I created the first women-specific performance line of, of watches and heart rate monitors, which um, actually ended up being some of our top sellers um, overall. And I created the first women-specific uh, sports culture and watch lifestyle, sport culture, which is sort of the lifestyle area of Nike's offerings, um, watch line. And so uh, what I was able to do is bring in um, innovative ways of using leather, for instance, into a sport watch context, which was, you know, also very new. And as well, just uh, some of the first women's eyewear, both from a sport performance perspective and also from a lifestyle perspective. So just really broadening out and really creating for the first time the women's offering for the technology and accessories. Well, and, and for those of you who haven't been online to see these, you can check it out at, at studio, um, studio2.com, if I'm, if I'm correct there, orally. Yeah, it's um, studio2.net, actually. .net, perfect. So um, in case you're online right now and want to check out some of those great designs, you can right there on her site. Um, you talked about, you know, shrink it and pink it and really bringing this designing with the female in mind to Nike and and you do very much the same thing at Studio 2 you know you talk about designing for a feminized approach and that can actually mean products that could be for men can you talk a little bit about that yeah I certainly can um, yeah um, what I what I term um, or the, the word that I term to use uh, uh, <laughs> take back up as far as feminized approach goes, I like to say that we design strategic, empathic, and innovative product experiences. And the empathic is really the, the, essentially a definition of a, a feminized approach. So the definition of empathic is not only feeling what others are feeling, but actually taking those emotions and making them one's own. So it's really about putting oneself into the emotional state of the end user and seeing what they see, feeling what they feel, and all of these are, in fact, traits which are probably more common to men, to women than they are to men. So absolutely, you can apply this feminized approach to designing products for men um, because it's, it's really about understanding that end user. Um, but at, and at the same time, you know, that's all well and fine to, to say that we really understand the end user, but 
you know, the bottom line of why this is really important is, is that it's about connecting with your audience and really understanding who you're talking to. And, you know, we, we spend a lot of time at Studio 2 getting to know the consumer and immersing ourselves in that consumer culture and understanding what trends are going on. And, you know, the, this is all time well spent because the target in any great product experience is that emotional connection. And, um, you know, it's about really speaking in, in meaningful ways to that, to that end user. And feminized approach is simply one vehicle to get there but it's really about resonating and emotionally capturing that end user. Can you talk a little bit more about that approach? I know you've talked about really your approach is a three-pronged approach. Can you go into more detail about what that is? Certainly. Um, I use what I call a connective insights framework. And so what that is, is it's essentially a methodology that helps to identify those things um, that people are actually wanting from their product. And it's about understanding um, from a consumer's perspective what's meaningful, what are their motivations, and what are the benefits that they are looking for in their product. So this helps to create a successful product because it, it's a way of understanding, sifting through you know, all the stereotyped information that's out there and really targeting why it is that people buy products and why they, are, why they keep coming back to them. So really a framework for design, and it's a bit of a design guide, um, and it can be used, um, you know, it can actually be used to evaluate success on the back end, too, but how I, how I use it is I look at the consumer holistically. So I look from, from, I look to macro, you know, conditions that are affecting them today, so it could be the economy, it could be eco-consciousness, for instance. Um, the roles that they play in their daily lives, so the things that they do, the relationships that are most meaningful to them, and and the things that, that are really, you know, what defines them as a person. I call these meaning filters. And so we take these meaning filters, and then we look at the motivational drivers. So that's what draws, what drives them, really, to make every decision that they make, to make their choices, to what specifically they want to achieve and to understand sort of what they want to do in their daily life, in their professional life, and so on. So it's really, there's a very holistic approach. It's really understanding the person first. And then through all of that, then it's really about understanding what motivates them. Um, and, I'm sorry, then it's really about finding out what is what drives them to make, um, to, to appreciate product. And this from this, we're looking for the insights. We're looking for those benefits, the specific things that they want to, they want to receive from a product. So, for instance, this makes my life so much easier, or this makes me feel completely empowered. I can do anything. I feel like I can do anything with this product, or it makes me feel glamorous. It makes me feel beautiful. I mean, all these things, these are benefits that people want to feel when they're using a product, and that is the connection. That's what keeps them coming back again. So uh, all this is it's a very holistic approach, but it's all about, coming back, understanding the consumer on a deeper level and not on a sort of a face value or stereotyped way and then keeping first and foremost the end goals for the product. So the emotional connection, which is steeped in meaningful benefits, things that are meaningful to them. And people want true benefits from the product and things, you know, that really make their lives better and make them happy and, and just improve improve you know, their lives in, in 
ways, small and, and or large. Well, and we know that women really appreciate products that take all of that into account, and those are the types of products that she'll uh, recommend over and over again to friends. And I would imagine that getting that kind of insight takes a lot of listening and a lot of research. What kind of approach do you take to gathering all of that insight? Um, well, you know, it's really tailored to the program, um, but I can, you know, I mean, I, I have so many examples of sort of how listening to the consumer really does make a difference in the, in the end product. Um, but I can think of one specific example, for instance, and, and maybe um, this can give you a, a snapshot of the work that I do. Um, at Nike, I worked on a, a first line of um, women's specific uh, digital sport watches and heart rate monitors. And this was sort of an exciting challenge because we were moving to a new space. Uh, we had never done women's specific uh, product before or ever even women's product before. And so we set about coupling the design process with lots of research and talking to consumers. Um, and we talked with women at marathons. We went and talked to training coaches. We went to running events. Um, yeah, and we engaged in this qualitative research methodology that's called language process mapping, where each person's response is taken down verbatim on each uh, on separate sticky notes. And we wrote down all of the comments that they made and then came back to our conference room and just plastered the wall with these sticky notes and sat down for three days um, completely immersed in this, rearranging and, and grouping these insights according to theme. And what we found... Um, was, you know, we were really looking for a specific, a very specific insight that would really drive this design and this design, the success of this line. And what we were, we were really looking for what we call the silver bullet, but we weren't finding the silver bullet. Um, instead, we were finding very broad, um, sort of broad, a broad concept of crossover, which in, in fact, ended up becoming the single most important insight for this watch line. And it really had nothing to do with sport performance per se, but had everything to do with the rest of the women's lives. It was all about crossover. So this is the fact that women want to wear one watch all day long. They want to, they want to be able to wear something to the office and then go to the gym at lunch and then go out with their friends later on afterwards. But they do not want to have to think about their watch, change it out to to suit their outfit or to match what they're wearing. And they really preferred something very practical, something very simple and harmonious, and the one that would go with almost everything. Um, and so while we were really busy searching for something very feature-focused, you know, very running-specific or workout-specific, we eventually realized that this was actually it. This was the insight. The insight was that it was much more broad and it was much more about women's everyday lives than it was about running or working out. So had we not looked at women in a more holistic manner, we would have missed this. Um, we would have just um, you know, designed what was expected. And um, the significant part of this story really is just, is, is not that we designed a nice watch line that women resonated with, but rather the business significance of this in that um, at the time that this was proposed, our strongest franchise in the Nike collection was the S-shaped Triax watch with um, hopefully you're familiar with. And w many people in our group felt very strongly that we should use this S-shape 
and, and you know, um, just try to tweak it and colorize it to make it feminine to appeal to women. But instead, I was proposing a very drastic diversion from this. I was proposing a symmetrical, a harmonious, very feminine, very quiet and small design without a lot of the detailing that was sort of associated with Nike watches at the time. And this Amara line, that it was called Amara, um, ended up being one of the top-selling watch lines in Nike's short watch history, or um, sort of 10-year history, and spawned its own franchise within the collection. And then, as well, it spawned a number of knockoffs in the sport watch industry. So, you know, we obviously hit on something there. Um, as simple and as basic as the insight might have been, it was successful in in that we were able to use that insight to really drive our design and our design process. Well, and I will tell you that I have the S-shape watch, so I'm very familiar with it, and I'm glad that you redesigned it. <laughs> I think that that insight was very, very wise, and you were very wise to listen to it and act upon it, and clearly, you know, you benefited from doing just that. I mean, you, I think companies that engage consumers, listen to them, and act upon it boldly are, I mean, we've seen examples over and over again of those companies being rewarded. And um, you would think by now companies would just be doing this all the time. I think there's still companies out there that don't necessarily engage their their consumers in quite that way. So congratulations on that one. Well, thank you. Well, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, um, Orly, I would love to talk a little bit about the future of design. If you can take a peek in your crystal ball, I'm sure people out there would be fascinated to hear what you think may be coming down the pike in the next couple of years. So more purse strings in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Purse strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit conversioncritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.conversioncritic.com. Have a good weekend, Andy. See you, Andy. Hey, Jim, why are all the coders leaving so early? Doesn't your department have a deadline of, like, midnight or something? Me and my staff are here all night. I saved money on my staffing budget by outsourcing a lot of work to Offshoring.com. I told them I needed a coder, and they sent me profiles fast. My staff just filled in the little details, and now we're having margarita night. Offshoring.com. Fast and expensive. Excellent and on time. Offshoring.com. Here's your bill. Thank you so much, guys. Hey, it's all right. I'll take care of the tab, Jason. Well, thanks, Dave. How are you doing so well these days? It seems everyone's in a pinch for cash. RevenueWire.com, that's how. RevenueWire? Yeah, RevenueWire.com is an all-in-one platform offering affiliates high-demand software from top-notch PC utility merchants. With 75% commissions, twice-monthly payouts, incredibly accurate analytics tools, RevenueWire is making me more money today than I did in the last few years put together. Even in this economy? Especially in this economy. RevenueWire has a ton of great products to meet the demand. I'm telling you, this network is recession-proof. 
Revenue Wire, the recession-proof network platform. For more information, visit RevenueWire.com today. That's RevenueWire.com. Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. Stay ahead of the trends with Affiliate Marketing Insider. Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And we're back. I'm joined today by Orly Tu, founder of Studio Two. And we've been talking a lot today about feminized design and Orly's approach to really understanding what the consumer needs, what's motivating to the consumer, and what the benefits might be to her, and um, how that all works together to really create a very... Um, impactful product that someone is really happy to wear and to own. Um, I'm curious, Orly, if you think that male consumers are any different in their motivations and need for product benefits than, say, women are. You know, that's a really interesting question. And um, I actually do get that fairly often. And, you know, it's interesting. So not addressing those products that have an obvious need for gender focus, which obviously there's a lot of products out there that do. But um, I would hazard to say yes, um, that if you, um, essentially, if you, if you meet the needs of women, um, then you will probably also uh, sort of exceed the expectations of men in that um, men are also wanting the same things as women. Um, I say this because I think that um, essentially at the core we are all looking for um, that we're all looking for the same things. You know, we pretty much want uh, we want our products to benefit us. We want um, to improve our lives. We want to feel like we can do things, the things that we want to do. We want to feel current. We want to feel connected. Um, and so, take for example the the iPhone or the iPod and. Any great design conversation usually includes um, Apple as an example. But um, Apple, for instance, does not seek to even remotely address gender difference, but instead it seeks to, um, to universalize sort of the human experience across, across gender, across age, across cultural or socioeconomic lines. And it does so with amazing functionality um, that's so relevant in our lives today. It does so with very clean and, and very refined industrial design, but then also with just unparalleled manufacturing and quality. And so, um, you know, and its its success really speaks for itself. So, so back to the question, I would say that at the core, men and women actually do want the same things. But what I would say is that where we differ, perhaps, is in the degree or the proportion of of these things. So, for instance... In technology, uh, a lot of men definitely want performance, and they might focus on features, and they focus on being able to, 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 to talk about the features to their friends or, you know, to really focus on the specifications of the product. But women might tend to focus instead on the benefits and what it actually means to their lives. I mean, they don't really care. A lot of women don't actually care about, you know, how many um, gigs of RAM this computer has or... You know, they don't necessarily care about the actual chemical agent of their cleaning agent, but they really care about what it does for them. And so, you know, it's just a slight and subtle shift of focus um, when you're designing for each different gender. But, again, I think just at the core, 
women and men are very similar in what they do want from their product. Well, and that's, I guess that's not too crazy. I mean, we all want products that perform well and meet our expectations. So um, granted, our, our brains do work a little differently between men and women, but at the end of the day, we know what we like and we, we expect our products to perform well. Um, you know, you you are a designer at your core and um, you, you've done this for a while now. As you look out over the next few years, what do you think the future of design is? And I know I'm asking you to, to make some educated guesses here, but do you think we're going to see some some interesting things come down the pike over the next several years? Absolutely. Um well, I, you know, again, that's, you know, it's not an easy question to answer, but I think one of the key things that is going to become more apparent over time is that, you know, products are going to become more more meaningful and they're going to be more targeted and more specifically connected to who their end user are um, is. And you know, as consumers, we're all becoming much more sophisticated and attuned to, to experiences and um, sort of the heightened awareness of our own human sides. And products, you know, now it, it's not so much I mean, functionality and, you know, the, 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 the reasons why they exist, you know, um, usefulness, are all... Um, that's all very necessary, of course, but what we're looking for is an elevated connection and an elevated experience. And we're looking for those things that are that draw us in and speak to us in our in our language and in ways that resonate with us, and they captivate us and move us. And this is the thing that I think is going to be become more apparent is um, you know brands are going to, going to want to speak more specifically to consumers and really understand um, and create for them an inspired and heightened um, experience of, of their brand. Well, it's going to be a very exciting time for sure. And design is one of the more interesting things to talk about. I mean, I feel like design is always changing and influencing so many of the things that we buy or want to buy. So um, keep up the great work and best of luck to you and Studio 2. And thanks for being on the show today. Well, thanks so much, Maria. I really appreciate um, this opportunity to talk on your show. Oh, and for everybody out there who wants to know more about Studio 2, again, go online at studio2.net to check it out and Orly's designs, which are fantastic. And thanks to my producer, George, for a great show. And join me next week for another edition of Purse Strings. I'll be speaking with Stormy Simon, Senior Vice President of Marketing and Customer Care at Overstock.com. We'll be talking about how... Um, understanding and delivering on women's service demands can really move your business forward. So check that out next Tuesday, 3 o'clock Eastern. Until then, thanks so much for joining me today. Make it a great one.